Hello and welcome to Season 4 of the VoiceOver Hour podcast, brought to you by the VoiceOver Network, an organization that is dedicated to helping, supporting and strengthening the voiceover industry. Now, my name's Rachel Naylor, and I'll be your host. I've been a voice actor for over 20 years, working in all areas of voiceovers, from video games to commercials to animation to promos. I'm also editor of The Buzz magazine, which is the only magazine in the world dedicated to the voiceover industry. I'm director at Elements Demos, founder and CEO of The Voiceover Network, and I'm also a multi-award winning entrepreneur. I talk to some amazing experts in our industry, including voice actors, agents, producers, and casting directors. They'll be sharing their stories as well as information and advice to help you with your voiceover journey. And that's what this podcast is all about. So the VoiceOver Network is the number one place for voiceover professionals to get the best training, help, support, opportunities, and access to an amazing supportive community. Head over to the voiceovernetwork.org website to see all the amazing events and workshops we have going on. I started the VoiceOver Network over eight years ago. I can't believe that now. Because I wanted to create a safe place for voiceover professionals from around the world to come together to get help, support and advice and to strengthen this amazing industry we work in. The VoiceOver Network is a global community of voiceover professionals of all levels. So people who've been in the industry for over 40 years and people just starting out. And I'm so proud of what we've created. I want to empower you on your voiceover journey. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the VoiceOver Hour podcast. Today, I have two amazing guests joining me to talk all about audiobooks. First up, I'm going to introduce the brilliant Julie Wilson, who is an industry leader in audio storytelling and an award-winning senior executive producer with 16 years of experience. She created and developed a global casting platform for voiceovers, Ahab Talent, which increases diversity and creative casting options for content creators. As the Director of Digital Production Platforms and Strategic Partnerships at Penguin Random House Audio, she produces 100 audiobooks per year, while spearheading partnerships with production, language, music and technology companies. She's a native New Yorker, writer, urban gardener, rock climber and graduate of Colby College with a Bachelor of Arts in English and Creative Writing. Welcome, Julie. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Next up, we have Molly Lowe Ray, who is a Grammy-nominated audiobook producer at Penguin Random House Audio. She's produced over 350 audiobooks to date. She's been integral in the development of AhabTalent.com, a casting platform and project management tool for the voiceover community since 2019. She co-developed with Dan Zitt and Julie Wilson the Ahab Breakdown, which is a monthly video series designed to keep voiceover professionals engaged and connected during quarantine. She's a graduate of Bernard College with a degree in English literature. So welcome, Molly. Thank you so much. Sorry, couldn't find the unmute for a second thing. No so happy worries. to be here. Thank you both so much for joining me today. Um, it really is wonderful to chat to you. And I know that you, you're you very, very busy and you guys are working on a lot of stuff right now. 
Always. Summer is always a busy time. You think in a lot of industries, you go on vacation, you relax. (laughs) For us, we're gearing up for our big September titles. And so we're always in it during this season. So, yep, that's us. Amazing. And so let's, um, let's find out a little bit about how you guys, how did you both get into audiobooks? So I started... 16 years ago at this point, which is wild when I was a junior in college. And I was actually just on on the phone with a junior who was in a very similar situation to how where I was at that time, which was looking for my first job. So I got an internship, started um, assisting the producers group under Dan Zitt. And from there, I grew into a producer. I then started doing special projects, eventually came to create Ahab Talent and now global casting platform for voiceover. Um, and now I've grown into this position where I am both managing Ahab, overseeing Ahab, managing our partnerships um, with any sort of companies that can support our productions and producing 80 to 100 books a year. So Um, that sounds like a big nutshell. It was a long and winding journey in a certain way, but this industry continues to innovate in all of these incredible ways, which is one of the main reasons why it's kept me for so long. So yeah, Molly, over to you. Nice. Thanks. Um, yeah, it's not, it's a pretty similar story for me, I think, to be honest. Um, I graduated from college with an English degree and said, you know, what do I do with this fancy piece of paper that says I can read? Um, And I thought, you know, oh, publishing, that that makes sense. Um, And my first job was in children's publishing, but on the print book side. Um, And this was also at Penguin Random House. uh, And I kind of, once I got in the door there, I kind of looked around and said, what do I you know, what department within this big company interests me the most and and really pretty quickly landed on the audiobook team. Um, it's just, it's so dynamic. It's, it's so fast moving. It's, um, it's just like, really, for me, it was, it was the place I wanted to be and kind of the people that I wanted to be working with every day. Um, so I kind of transitioned over into the audio team, spent some time working as a, an assistant there. And then, um, the wonderful Dan Zitt and Julie Wilson took me under their wing. They said, hey, we have a, a big launch of um, this thing called Ahab that we're kind of planning on taking to the next level. And, you know, do you want to be a, a part of it? And I said, you know, sign me up. So uh, then that, and that was several years ago at this point, uh, almost almost five years ago. So been along for the ride. Amazing. Amazing. And do you got do either of you have like a, a favorite or a memorable audiobook that you've worked on? I mean, you've you know worked on loads, but is there anything kind of memorable? There are so many. I feel like both Molly and I are probably bursting with titles. Um, one that we co-produced together was Seth Rogan's yearbook, which was a an incredible experience on the production side. And I think it resulted in a pretty remarkable recording. Mm-hmm. So um, there are obviously single voice recordings, there are multi-voice recordings, and then there are the full cast recordings that require a full cast of actors, sound effects, sound design. So for Seth Rogen's yearbook, his memoir yearbook, we decided to hire on a full cast of actors. We ended up hiring, I think, around 130 or something like that. Wow. to voice all of the people that have appeared throughout his life 
as a kid, as an adult, and um, showcase all of the zany antics he's had <laughs> throughout his life. Yeah. Um, so that's one that comes to mind that that we both worked on together. And that was in the middle of the pandemic. That was like that was actually pretty early early days. So we were like, you know, can this celebrity record in their closet? Is that something we can ask their agent? Um, but it was it was lots of fun. <laughs> Amazing. Awesome. Awesome. And what is it that you guys love about audiobooks? Another question of like, where do we begin? <laughs> I mean, both Molly and I, you know, I've spent my whole career in this industry and Molly's spent a lot of it, her career in this industry. Um, I know, Rachel, you and I have talked a bit about this at various, you know, speaking engagements. Um, community is so at the heart of the yeah. audiobook industry in a way that I think is pretty special yeah. um, in entertainment. Um, that whether you're an actor, director, producer, engineer, I think everyone feels really hugged by this industry in a way mm -hmm. that we're all very inviting. And of course, there's always some competition, but I think people feel it less than in other areas of voiceover and film and TV. And people are generally really excited about the opportunities that others are getting in the industry. So I love that. And then the other area for me, which is usually, I guess, close to number one with community is innovation. We're always innovating mm -hmm. every single year. It's a completely different landscape. When I started, no one really cared about audiobooks, and it has dramatically changed over the course of this time period. So just wondering and watching and moving things forward is always, you know, you got to have a lot of energy for it. So yeah. uh, Molly and I work on a lot of that together. There's something really special, I think, about reading a book, but through the lens of performance, you know, because um, that's just not something that a lot of people get the chance to do every day. You know, you read a book, you read a story for the story, but I get to read a story with questions like, who is telling me this? What do they sound like? What do they feel like? Uh, and I just, I love, I love to kind of marry that Um creative side of um you know my my brain and 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 working with actors and, and kind of thinking about the 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 act of storytelling mm. with the story itself nice yeah because storytelling is is an important part of humanity you know it's something that has been you know humans have always told stories and and it's been a very you know important part of of community and and sharing and learning and growing and i think yeah i think audiobooks is such a beautiful way that we are able to share stories and tell stories um yeah which is great and so so what are you guys what are you seeing happening in audiobooks right now like what are what are things that you're seeing kind of changes because I know um Judy you said about how things are changing all the time in audiobooks yeah it's really what I've heard more and more over the past year is everyone's always asking about the intersection between podcasts and audiobooks and and our audiobooks worried about podcasts and they're just two separate mediums. They're yeah. so different. I've, I've attended a bunch of podcast conferences. I've met with a ton of podcast companies. And so I think I, well, the media in general is always, you know, inclined to put things at odds with each other. Yeah. And I think the truth is they're complementary mediums yeah. and we're each learning from each other. So something that I love and I would love to bring of more into in the audiobook industry is more 
archival multimedia feeling in nonfiction. Um, So as we were talking about earlier with Seth Rogen's yearbook, we've done a ton of full cast recordings for fiction books, for graphic novel adaptations, for kids books. Nonfiction, I think there's still room to explore for Mm. certain high profile authors or um, people with certain platforms that you can bring in some of that sound design, multiple voices, and really provide this enhanced nonfiction experience. So that's something that's definitely on my mind at this moment. Nice. Yeah. And, and it's it's amazing. I mean, because audiobooks are, I, mean, th- I guess you were talking about the difference between audiobooks and podcasts, but then there's also audio dramas so and radio dramas. And it's very, it's all kind of sort of merging a bit, would you say, or do you still think that's a separate medium. It's it's interesting because I think for a lot of actors, it can yeah. feel similar in yeah. that you're reading for a character or characters. And in that way, performances are not different. Yeah. Might be a little bit different for nonfiction, but in general for fiction, it's it's very similar. Mm. What is different is the format. Yeah. And so, you know, with a podcast, it can be a 25 minute episode or a 45 minute episode or whatever the length is, but you're providing space for ad breaks. There's, there's a different structure there. There's also a different payment structure there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, audiobooks are paid for medium, whether it's subscription service or, or one-off a la carte. Um, whereas podcasts are, very much fueled by the ad industry or maybe major companies that are partnering with production studios to create an IP. So when I've dug into the guts of things, um, it's really interesting because they are just, they're slightly different. If if you Mm. adjust the format of something and you make it not maybe an eight hour experience or a five hour experience as an audiobook might be, but you make it into episodic content, it's yeah. kind of like the difference between a film and a TV show or a mini series yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And it's so, yeah, I love the idea, like the, the, the development with like, like, you know, big casts and, and music and sound effects and that's all amazing. And is that kind of, is that kind of happening more and more? It's definitely more than it used to be. The truth is, as we all know, those types that type of content is so much more expensive, right? And so you need a recording or a book that has the audience to make up for whatever that cost is. And so definitely more so than when I began in that I also feel like our company and I'm sure a ton of companies have figured out how to do it. Yeah, Because once you have not a template, because none of our recordings are a template, but an understanding of the resources you need and how the general process will work, you can apply it to a lot of different books. But again, you need something that's going to attract in that audience that, and as well as content and the story that demands that be a full cast recording. You can't really do a graphic novel adaptation into audio without a full cast. I have no idea how you would do it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it depends on a number of different factors. I feel like we've spent the last couple of years like really figuring out the questions we need to answer and kind of the intentions that we need to have when considering things like music and sound effects because I think there was there was kind of a 
an upswell of excitement where it was like, we have all these resources and we can just throw a bunch of music and, and crazy sounds into these projects and just make them very shiny. But at the end of the day, that might, you know, audio books are long form content that might not actually be the best way of understanding and kind of letting a story seep into your consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um Maybe it is just uh, a little bit of kind of um, scene setting music in the chapter breaks. Um, Mm. And so I think we've really, you know, had to think about what makes sense first for the story uh, and second for the kind of um, the fun things that it's that it's that are that perk up your ear, because at the end of the day, the voice is enough (laughs) Uh, and it's all, it's all just added, added fun stuff. It's, you know, it's the, we're really bringing the author's words to life and that kind of is, has to be the guiding principle. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. So for those listening, I know there'll be a few listening and thinking, okay, I'm not done an audio book. What is it? Yeah. So what, what makes a good audio book narrator? So I, I've lately gone back to a conversation, Rachel, that you and I had at your New York event, and we, we really zeroed in on this word vulnerability during yes, that conversation. And that word has really stuck with me because I've always used the word transparency. I've used the word authenticity. But the truth is when an actor is vulnerable in their performance, mm-hmm they read as the character they're trying to perform. And of course, there's a million other things going on on underneath the surface when they're creating this character versus that character. But trying to forget that you're performing in a certain way is what you're really trying to get to. Because Mm. I think one of the things that rubs me most the wrong way is when I hear someone projecting in this way And I don't consciously, when I'm listening, even know what it is that's off. But as a producer, I've been doing this for 16 years. I know when I think about it for a second, it's because they're not being true to who they are and who the character is. And everyone says, what what can you do in an audition? And you need to apply a general principle because every audition is so different. Every character demands something different. So that is the one thing I've been able to pinpoint. Molly, I don't know if there's anything else you would add in there. I mean, 100% agree with everything you've said. Um, You know, I don't want to hear you performing a character. I want to hear your take on the character. And that, by the way, that character might be a doesn't, I'm not only talking about first person, I'm talking about a third person, you know, who is, who is this narrator? Um, I'll also add stamina, you know, audiobooks, we always say are a marathon, not a sprint. It's long form content. You're going to be in the booth to record a book, possibly several full days in a row. Um, You know, you gotta, you gotta be very comfortable with your own thoughts and voice in a small, in a small space for hours and hours at a time. So not for the faint-hearted, I'll say. Absolutely. I yeah, I think audiobook narrators are amazing. Uh it is it is, you know, it's kind of I think it's like it it's up there with the hardest type, you know, genre of voiceovers. Um you know, you really have to 
You've got to love it. And I think that's what I say to people when they say, oh, you know, I'm thinking about doing audiobooks. And I say, do you love reading? No, not not do you kind of, yeah, kind of read a bit and it's okay. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You have to love reading because that's you, <laughs> you're going to be in a booth for hours and hours reading and reading and reading. And you just, you can't, yeah, you can't do it if you're sort of like just half in, you know, you've got to be full in. So I would say that to anyone listening, if if you're kind of thinking about it, you, you've got to, you've got to love reading and you've got to also be able to sight read. Um, you, you know, it's another thing that you can't just like half do you, you, you're going to be in there for hours and you have to be able to sight read and, and that can, you know, you can learn that and that's a skill that can be practiced. Um, but yeah, I think those, those are, those are pretty important. And the vulnerability thing is, yeah, I've been talking about that loads recently. Um, and I do think that, you know, it's how humans connect through vulnerability. Um, so kind of taking down those walls of like trying to be perfect and trying to get everything right and realize that, you know, we're all humans and, and, and that's, you know, that's how we connect is, is vulnerability. Um, and what advice would you give to anyone wanting to become an audiobook narrator? Um, I think some of what you just said about, do you really want to read for eight hours in a booth sometime? That's some, some people's dream. That's some people's nightmare. Um, so yeah, sitting with that question is a great first step. And then a second step is then just starting to read aloud yeah. by yourself in your bedroom. You're going to feel a little crazy, but this is a great exercise in how comfortable do I feel with this? Um, what is the sound of my voice? How am I making decisions based on the text in front of me? And I really think that this is your moment to dirty up the text, make all the marks on the text that you will hopefully not have to do when you're actually recording, but this is your moment to really zero in on the language. And what you were talking about in terms of reading and understanding of the text Reading comprehension is there's various levels in terms of narrators. Some people really get it. Some people are remarkably fast at reading comprehension. Some people need a little bit more rehearsal or reading and rereading of the text to really understand all the nuances. And so that's a whole spectrum there. Um, I'm always the person. It's funny because I jump in with both feet to anything I do. But in terms of creating a demo, I think that's your time to take your time with it. You know, sometimes people just jump in. They're like, I want to join audiobooks. I need to create a demo. And then I ask, what are your skill sets? What have you done first? So um, I think coaching is great. Yeah. I think um, taking time alone or with a group of narrators or a group of actors to read in front of each other. You know, it, it depends how much money you want to throw at things or how much personal energy I, I tend to find you're either throwing energy or money at something. And yeah. so figuring out where you are in that spectrum and what resources you have available to you. There's also a ton of free resources out yeah. there. So, Molly and I, um, we put together this thing called the Ahab Breakdown during the pandemic. Molly was like the MC in the background running everything. Dan and I hosted it and we interviewed people throughout the voiceover industry, dialect coaches, uh, vocal health coaches, actors, directors, all of it's still available on YouTube on the Ahab Talent page. And 
it's a wonderful free masterclass in learning from these experts. It might feel a little bit dated in that we're probably talking about the pandemic because we were all locked yeah. in our homes at the time, but it's a free resource. Every single month, Ahab Talent hosts free clubhouses that you can come and attend and learn from experts. So I think in the beginning, it's that immersion quality mm-hmm. and finding the resources you need to really learn what you need to do before you're fully committing to a demo or posting your profile. Just make sure you're ready before you get to that step is my advice. I'd um, also say just listen, listen to audiobooks, just live and breathe them. Um, you know, you have to come up with what you like, what you don't like, what, you know, makes you angry, what really lights your fire in other people's performances, I think in order to to bring that um, to your own. I mean, I'm not on the other side of the mic, but my kind of introduction to audiobooks was just intensively listening to them um, because I think that's the only way to really, yeah, form opinions, figure out what, how, kind of how you how you fit in the uh, in the larger audiobook ecosystem. Um, just because I'm, I I want to you know shout her out. Julie is herself an amazing coach, and she does have a website which you can go to which is juliananwilson.com. Um, and Thanks, I would I would recommend anyone kind of use her as the amazing coach that she is. So yeah, I, I appreciate that. Co- coaching has become this beautiful extension of my day job and my career. I as as people who know me know, my dad was an actor on Broadway when I was a kid in musical theater. So I'm a big musical theater junkie. My sister was an actor in film and TV. Uh, I grew up in a performing arts complex and an arts complex surrounded by actors, writers, directors. So uh, actors are my family. They are my closest friends. They are my network and, and being able to help people one-on-one on both the business side of things and the performance side of things is has become incredibly rewarding for me. And it's been awesome just being one-on-one in people's corners and the the handwritten letters, the emails, the, all the stuff that I'm getting from people just saying, you help me believe in myself is like, I'm like gonna get teary now. Like that's what my mother does as a psychologist to help people. And I feel like coaching has become my own version of that. So thanks mom. Oh, amazing. And you guys do teach workshops for us at the VoiceOver Network. Uh, and you've been on webinars before so that we do have resources uh, at the VoiceOver Network. Um, so yeah, but it is it is wonderful. And, and and yeah, what you guys do for people in terms of helping them with their confidence and showing them, guiding them is is so important. So yeah, so thank you both. Right. On that lovely note, we are going to come back in a minute. We're just going to take a quick, quick break, guys, to hear from our fabulous sponsors. And then we're going to come back and have a bit of a talk about Ahab. You are listening to the VoiceOver Hour podcast season four, brought to you by the VoiceOver Network, sponsored by Sennheiser, Focusrite, Audio-Technica and Elements Demos. This podcast is powered by the Focusrite Vocaster and the Sennheiser USB microphone. Founded in Japan in 1962, Audio-Technica has grown to design critically acclaimed headphones, turntables and microphones 
building on its passion for listening and retaining the belief that high-quality audio should be accessible to all. From live concert tours and recording studios to theatres, educational facilities and houses of worship, there are also millions of music enthusiasts, gamers and content creators who use Audio-Technica products every day. Check out the Audio-Technica website, audio-technica.com. Having the right demo is so important as a voice actor. In fact, it's one of the most important marketing tools you need to have. Now, I created Elements Demos because I wanted to make sure that voice actors have the best demos to go out to get work and to get more representation. I have an amazing team of scriptwriters, sound engineers and directors all working with you. Check out elementsdemos.com for more information. Okay, so we are back with Julie and Molly um, talking all about audiobooks and this beautiful, magical, incredible world of audio. So we've mentioned it a couple of times. Tell us a little bit about what is Ahab? So Ahab is a global casting platform for voiceover, primarily based in audiobooks, but it also casts for podcasts, animation, um, any sorts of voiceover, there are casting directors on there, but it is primarily based in audiobooks. There is talent on Ahab from all over the world, and um, we handpick all of the casting directors, all of the production companies that are on the platform. So anyone can apply by going to ahabtalent.com slash sign up to become a content creator on the platform. So that's somebody who is casting on the platform. And then Molly, Dan, and I handpick every single casting director that gets through those gates. And the idea there is to keep the caliber really, really high. We want this to be a trusted community. We don't want it to be open to everyone on the casting side. On the acting side, if you're an actor, you can have a profile in Ahab. And I would recommend you do if you're interested in audiobook work. And that profile is live. You are continually updating it just like you would a LinkedIn page. Um, and we have re released Ahab and we will continue to release Ahab for free. It is absolutely free to everyone. We built it because we had an internal need to audition more, to find more diverse talent, to cast more books. And so this really at Penguin Random House became our, our solution to that. And so it's been a solution we've been able to offer to actors and for a variety of casting directors. So that is that is the long and short of, of what Ahab is. Amazing. Thank you guys for what you've created. Because I remember early days of Ahab, actually, and I was just like, wow, because you guys have, you know, it's not about making money. It's about, you know, creating a service and helping people because you've already got Penguin Random House, which has got a whole load of stuff going on. And this is just a, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I'm always saying to people, you know, make sure you go and sign up for Ahab because yeah, you guys, it's, it's, it's lovely to have a casting site that is all about helping people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's been amazing to get feedback from certain actors. I, I've been a really big advocate for Jeremy Carlyle Parker's career in audiobooks. And I found her on Ahab and she just blew me away audition after audition. I would host these, what we call public open call auditions and anyone could audition for these projects. And she just kept 
nailing it. And she's become this force of nature in the industry and people break in in all sorts of ways and they break in at all sorts of paces. So if you don't get that first job right away, don't worry. It's just everyone pays attention to those big splashy stories. Um, I think Jeremy's is one of them. Um, but I've just, I've loved finding so many talented people on there. Awesome. Nice. Good. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and so in terms of challenges that are happening in the industry, we've got a few things happening. Um, so let's, let's address the elephant in the room. Um, how are you guys feeling about AI? Yeah, it's it's a conversation that I think, thankfully, the industry is getting more comfortable having. Yeah, I think to begin when this first arose, there was just sheer panic and yep. fear, and and founded fear because we have to approach all of these things really thoughtfully and ethically. Um, we're not currently using AI, I think. And as you know, again, we talked about in our in that New York event, Rachel, we had this really interesting conversation about yeah. AI. And you know, I can't speak for ev- everyone, but I think one, we can't stop technology. Technology yeah. keeps coming. And so yeah. we have to just read as much as we can, learn as much as we can, keep in touch with what these companies are and what they're building and how they're building it. Actors need to read contracts really carefully to make sure they're not giving away their art and their voice to companies that they don't know how they're going to use it in the future. Um, So I'm really thoughtful and I'm really sensitive to what's happening. And I think the truth is, we don't know where it's going. I don't think yeah. anyone knows where it's going. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I know that there are stories out there of people whose voices have been stolen. And those are heartbreaking stories if, of hearing their voice somewhere where they weren't expecting. It feels like an invasion of privacy and self and identity and income for people who need income and yeah. um, are deserving of that. So I always say that the one place that I would like some AI, if people are okay with it, and if they sign off on it is with pickups, it's a place where I feel like we could save actors time, we could save production time, um, but people have to feel comfortable with that. And I think, um, yeah, it's just a dialogue and making sure that people, everyone involved is comfortable with the terms. So Yeah. yeah, there's a lot going on. But strong lines of communication and and figuring out the right questions to ask feels like what we need to prioritize kind of moving forward. Because I don't I don't think we even know what we don't know yet. <laughs> yeah. I know it's it is it is a, a, a new world that we're in. Um and I, you know, I'm we're doing a lot of stuff at the voiceover network and providing a lot of resources. And I think it's what's really important is not to panic. Uh, you know, it's is to learn to research but also to to feel confident that the you know we all we will always need the human voice and i i'm sorry but i don't care how good the, they they make it you cannot a machine cannot do vulnerability like a machine cannot be vulnerable and that's that that live vulnerability that a voice actor does 
it's it, yeah i don't believe that it can be replicated so you know um and i think it, you know there, there's there's the possibility that it will actually increase you know voiceover voice actors work because more people will you know maybe start dabbling with the ai and then want uh, you know want to get the real deal so yeah it's it's interesting we all got to just stay aware and support each other i think is really important yeah absolutely Definitely, definitely. Um, and I want to just talk to you a little bit about, because I know you mentioned before about demos. So yeah, what what when people are, are, are making a demo, what should they, because audiobook demos are very different in the voiceover world to commercial, video game, promo. What, yeah, do, will you just talk us through kind of uh, audiobook demos and what people should, should and shouldn't do? Yeah, they're, they are different in that in audiobooks, we're more looking for samples than for one united demo of what you can do. And the idea here is thinking from the casting director's perspective, if I am coming to your profile, if I'm listening to your samples, it's usually because it's always because maybe it's like 0.01% for a different reason, but I have a book on my desk and I'm trying to match your sample to the book on my desk in order to pitch your voice to an author. So for that reason, having a targeted samples are really, really important. I generally say, and everyone has different preferences, a minute and a half to two and a half minutes per sample is more than enough per sample. Some people show up for five minute samples, which I think you're just wasting your own time, to be honest. And if you take the time before you record to be really thoughtful about what you're recording, then you can get it down to two, two and a half minutes. Um, it's just like when I'm hosting auditions, I'm very, I've, I've gotten very good feedback about my, my auditions because I tend to choose about a page of text and I try to keep it concise because I can learn everything I need to know from that page of text. I'm not going to send you five pages, which will take you hours to record and get everything perfect. And I think it's the same with demos, just being really concise about what you're choosing and why you're choosing it. The beginning is so important. If you feel listening back, you know, I really kick into gear about the third sentence. I don't think you need the first two sentences, you know, starting with a bang is highly recommended. I also think that genre is a good place to start. Um, thinking about what types of books would I want to narrate? What do I hear my voice sounding? Uh, what would I love to, what worlds would I love to inhabit? Um, and then kind of picking a, a sample text that's emblematic of that world um, because that will that will really give you the best chance of landing a job that you're incredibly excited about. Nice. Nice. And audiobook um, narrators don't necessarily need to have representation, do they? I mean, would, would you say most of the work is done directly or some do have agents that negotiate? Is that right? Yeah, it's interesting because I kind of feel like this has historical context in that audiobooks were never an industry that agents cared about until they became the industry that they are today. Yeah. And so there's there's a lot that goes into that. So this industry really began as a more actor self-driven industry. So the people who wanted to get into audiobooks loved reading. They loved audiobooks because it was this very specific thing and there was no representation involved. It's involved so that agents, their most major agencies have an audiobook contact or an audiobook agent that specializes in them. I don't think 
people need an agent for audiobooks until they get into a certain point in their career where they have, I think no one's a master at everything. Everyone should be continuing to learn, but they're a master enough at this craft that they are really coveted in the industry and their performances, their performances are excellent. And they might need someone to either negotiate on their behalf or someone to help manage which projects they're taking on. So think for the vast majority of talent, you do not need that. But once you get to a certain level, it can be very helpful. Nice. So audiobooks have been growing year on year and it's been it's been so exciting to watch. And it just I kind of I keep saying to people, there's more audiobooks being made now than there have ever been. Is that still the case? Is it still continuing to grow? Yep. We're still not finding that glass ceiling. No one's bumped their head yet. We'll we'll see when we do. Um yeah, so it is continuing to grow and change and evolve. Um yeah. So that's good. Good for all yeah. of us. Yeah. Yay. Lots, lots of audiobook work out there. Um, and lots of, uh, there are obviously lots of people coming into the industry. So I guess competition is is becoming more important, just like the other areas of voiceovers. Um, and I would say to those listening, it's about training. It's about staying you know, up to date with what's going on. And it's about surrounding yourself with the right people, uh, which I think is super important. So... Um, what about the power of networking? Let's just talk about networking for a little bit because networking is super important in our industry. Um, yeah, what 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 are your thoughts and advice for people about networking? Networking is key in every single industry, every single profession. This is a business. If you are an actor, you are running your own business. And just like you would in any other career, you have to network. Um I think we talked about vulnerability earlier. I mentioned one of my other words, authenticity. I feel like no one, well, maybe some people, but most people don't want to be hard pitched, especially if you're a casting director. So it's forming authentic relationships with casting directors and finding those little footholds that you can find. I know sometimes it can feel like, where can I find Molly? Or where can I find Julie? Or where can I find these casting directors? How do I get to know them? Uh, We mentioned Ahab Talent's free clubhouses earlier. We always have casting directors on there. Um, That's a good moment. There are other resources uh, where you can meet a variety of casting directors. Um, So, and then when you get get in person, I know in person events, it's interesting because I'm like an extrovert introvert, but like I swing extrovert. I I love talking to people. I get my energy from it. But a lot of people in the audiobook industry are introverts. You're you're reading by yourself for a lot of the time. Even the casting directors, you know, you're reading a lot to cast these books. So I know in-person events can be a little bit intimidating, especially if there's a lot of people attending these events. So, you know, I'd make some goals for yourself. Who do you want to meet? It's okay if you don't meet all of them, but it'll at least target you and the people you want to meet in those settings. I also think coming up with, your pitch points while also not executing them as pitch points when you're in Mm. conversation with someone. And the more you hone what you want to get across, the more organically you can communicate that. And so I'm always going back to that feeling of authenticity when forming relationships. Um, I've said it a million times, 
newsletters, I guess I'll call them uninvited newsletters, adding producers to newsletters without asking them first is a terrible practice. It does not reflect well on you. If you're going to reach out to people via email, if you have their email, make it personalized, um, really cater it to and think about why you're reaching out to them. Um, this is to really benefit you. I know it takes so much more time than generating a newsletter, but it will be so much more effective. So always come back to authentic, real relationships in every form of networking. Definitely Definitely. amazing advice. Um, And yeah, networking, I know, as you were saying, for some people can, they, you know, struggle with it. And my take on it is always, how can you be of service to that other person? And if you can go into a networking environment thinking, you know, how can I help somebody else? And how how can I solve a producer's problem? How can I, you know, how can I help them? It just takes the kind of pressure off you. And it, and that's what it's all about. And when we're, you know, connecting, building relationships with people, making friends is what you're doing. And in order to do that, you need to be generous and helpful. So I think that's that's really important when you're when you're going to a networking environment. That's yeah, and great, it's it's really advice. yeah, it's Sorry, people Monica. it's people first, actor second. You know, we are we are all people looking to have an authentic connection first, and then if that leads to kind of some professional development, amazing. But really, it's about generosity and kindness. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Amazing. Amazing. Oh my gosh. There's been so much brilliant information. You guys have been incredible. I'm going to, I'm going to finish off with one last question for you both. I love um, finishing off with this question. What advice would you give to a younger you? I love that question. As, as the daughter of two therapists, I'm like all about (laughs) self-reflection. Um, I think I've always been someone, and if we're talking about ourselves, my friends have always commented about how grounded I am. But I feel like when you're a younger version of you in your career, no matter who you are, you feel like you have to dull your authenticity a bit to fit into a company, a structure, to appeal to someone who has greater power than you, whether it's a casting director or an agent or anybody that is setting expectations. And I think it's great to be aware of those things, but I also think leaning more deeply into who you are and your passions and your interests and what you want out of your career, out of any situation, it's really smart. Um, I've talked to one of the other producers and staff when we joke around about how, when she was younger, she had all these pantsuits and she's not a pantsuit person, but she came to work every day in a pantsuit because she thought that's who she was supposed to be. I think we all have our version of that pantsuit, whether it's emotional, psychological, physical. So always lean into who you are, whether it's in the creative space, in the professional space, um, so yeah, I would I would definitely have that conversation with my younger self. I love that. That's so beautiful. And the key is get rid of the pantsuit. No. <laughs> be you, be you and lean into that. That was beautiful. And what about you, Molly? 
Um, I think for me, it's going to have to be, you know, uh, enjoy the journey, not the destination, you know, just being super goal oriented and checking those, um, you know, crossing those things off of my to-do list and goal sheet as kind of the early part of my career. Um, I think kind of looking up and enjoying things about the everyday and, you know, really um, prioritizing those relationships. You know, for me, it's with actors, with my colleagues is something that I, it, it has taken me um, just, a, just a while to just fully embody the kind of everyday moment to moment joy of like doing what I get to do. Um, and, you know, it's, it's okay if, if there aren't, if the goals seem a little, you know, farther away. Um, yeah, so it's just, and I think that that's, that's really tied up in, um, in mindfulness and boundary building and just, and, and not burning out and just, you know, um, goals are important, but being a happy, um, satisfied person existing in the everyday is, is more important. So that's what I tell myself. Beautiful, beautiful, amazing advice um, from both of you. So thank you so, so much for joining me today and sharing with everybody listening uh, all your, you know, your years of experience, your advice, your inspiration, your motivation, all of that. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on today. Thank you for having us. We always appreciate and value doing stuff with you all. So um yeah, come check out our workshops with the VO Network. If um, you haven't already, we have two this fall going on. Um, so yeah, thanks, Rachel. Thank you for having us. No, it's yeah. been really fun. Thank you, Rachel. Wonderful. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us today on the VoiceOver Hour podcast. Make sure you check out next week's episode. Thank you for listening to the VoiceOver Hour podcast, season four, brought to you by the VoiceOver Network, with special sponsors Sennheiser, Focusrite, Audio-Technica, and Elements Demos. My name's Rachel Naylor. Join me for the next episode taking you behind the scenes in the voiceover industry.